I'm going to pick up from verse 8, and it reads like this. The, to sum up, all of you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. For you were called for the, for the very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. For the one who desires life to love and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and his ears attend to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So, like I said, we're going to focus, I think, on just on verse 10, because I don't think I'm going to have enough time to get through the more. Um, and, uh, you know, a couple of questions that we can, we can think about as we look at this section, especially verses 10, 11, and 12, which Peter is quoting um, uh, from Psalm 34. So that's, so that's what he's bringing out to back up what he said previously. So previously we saw that he was talking about the Christian attitude and the way we treat one another and to sum up how we ought to be in our Christian conduct. And a couple of questions to think about is what is life? You know, what does it mean to truly live? You know, what, 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 what is a life well lived? You know, and who doesn't desire a good life? So that's something to think about. Because I know that each and every one of us wants a good life. There's not one person who says, well, I hope I live a miserable life, right? That, that doesn't exist. You know, and this life, uh, a couple reality things here, is it, full, it, it, this life is like a bubble, all right? It's full of, of joys, of happiness, of troubles, of storms, and at times that bubble gets popped. Sometimes we're doing real good, and that bubble gets popped with reality. Sometimes, I mean, it's just not going good, and it gets popped in a good way. And so that's part of life. Like, we, it, life, um, you know, no one knows what to expect in this life. No one is promised an easy path filled with bliss and sunny days. That does not exist, neither for the Christian or the non-Christian. In life, we will struggle. We will have affliction. We will have pain. We will cry. We will go through these things. You know, but, you know, all us human beings, okay, we do certain things to make, oh, we make certain choices or we do certain things that we think will help us live a good life. That's pretty much how we work. Each and every one of us in life, we make choices, you know, whether they be financial, whether they be personal, whether they be in relationships. We make choices because we're like, well, if I do this, I think I can live a better life. If I do this, that's kind of how we manage, even though we don't verbally say it, um, and that's kind of how we move in this life. You know, whatever you consider good is how you move. That's why people do certain things or they have certain goals because of that. You know, you know however, the, you know, the more you immerse yourself, you know, in the scriptures, this is why it's important to read the Bible and, and see what is promised and what is not promised. You know, we see a vivid picture, all right, of life with God and without God. And that's what, that, that, that's the essence of, of, of looking at the scripture as, a, as like, uh, as a whole, to, to know God, obviously, but it is also to see the life without God, uh, because Scripture is completely clear, and, and, uh, and it shows us uh, through His Word that there are abundant blessings of walking with God, and there is a devastating reality of rejecting His fellowship and love uh, for the world. So if we reject God for the love of the world, the Bible is clear on that, on what to expect. You know, we must never lose the sense of our pilgrimage. Each and every one of us are passing through this life. We're all. You know, we're all passing. We're all navigating through this life. Each and every one of us. It doesn't matter if you're young, old, if you're living on extra time here. It doesn't matter. We're all on this pilgrimage called life. 
you know, on this journey. And we need to uphold certain values and certain ethics that go in line with our holy calling as Christians. That's why in verse 8, he says, to sum up all of us, all of you, he says, be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, humble in spirit. Don't return evil for evil or insult for insult, but give a blessing instead. Because this is what you were called. He goes, when, when everybody is doing wrong to you, you're not going to do better by wronging them back. When people backstab you, it's not, you know, don't look for the opportunity to backstab them. You know, that's not the, the right way to live. And again, so we're look, talking about life and the best way to form our life. And that's why we go to Scripture. You know, Scripture teaches us these things. You know, He doesn't just save us from sin. Or better yet, He's not this God of the gaps that people think about, that this God somewhere just like created life, and then He just kind of took off, and everybody just figures it out on their own. We're just animals. No, that's not how it works. You know, He's not a distant God that just created us and said, well, run loose, and, and I'll come back and save you. No, He's a God of fellowship. That's why there's a Father, there's a Son, and the Holy Spirit. It, the, the, our God is close. Our God came and died on a cross for us. You know, he became flesh. That's the Christmas story that the incarnate God came to us because we could not go to him. We, we can't we can't perfect ourselves. We can't clean ourselves. And so, you know, as we look at this, this is important for our life because life is short. we got to get this. Life is extremely short. You know, it's like grass. The Bible says your life is like grass. You know, we're all going to wither away. It's like vapor. We're here one minute and then we're gone. We're like mist. It's there for a moment. You can feel it and then it's gone. You know, all will be gone in the blink of an eye is what the Bible teaches us. Everything. We're gone like this from this world. Whatever we did, great. Whatever we didn't, well, it's too late. We're gone. And so life really matters. Like it matters how we build our life. You know, this is not an area we go, well, who cares? No, we, we ought to care. We ought to care greatly about what we do in this world and how we live our life and how we make Christ known. You know, one day we will be history like everybody else. You know, this life will be, you know, it's going to conclude for every single human being. That's why life is so valuable. And that's why we all care about it so much. You know, some, you know, have a uh, a, a constant reminder of goals, aspirations, accomplishments, etc. Some people always are thinking of that, you know, because humanly we want to feel that we know that we know we are living a good life. Like, like we want to know uh, in, somehow internally that I'm living a, a life of sat, you know, satisfactory. That I'm living a life that of fullness. That's why people do certain things and. Um, and that's not, you do not learn that from biology. That's inherently brought within us. We are created in the image of God. And so within every human being, there is this urge, you know, there is this to, that there's something wrong with us and we need to be fixed. You know, we, we can see the sin within us. We call it different things, but we see that we're broken inside. And here is where God's word comes in to give us fresh eyes. This is why we go to scripture, you know, to remove the dense fog of the world and give us light. You know, that's why Peter uses these words from the psalmist. You know, after Peter says, all of you be sympathetic. You know, not just the slaves and masters, not just husband and wives, not just when you're under authority, because that's what we were talking about weeks before. But he goes, in fact, all of you need to get along. All of you need to live in brotherly harmony. You know, and to back it up, he brings in the psalmist. So Peter's writing, and then he brings in uh, Psalm 34, that the people would know. And he goes, look, this is what... 
the psalmist teaches us because the Psalms was pretty much the Jewish hymn book. They knew it. Uh, this was a this was even um, uh, uh, it was just a common thing for them. And so when he brings us out, you know, it's to back up his point, you know, and, uh, basically like what I titled uh, last week's uh, teaching is be what you believe, like be what you believe. Like if you believe it, then be it. You know, if you don't believe it, well, you don't need to pretend to be it. Like be what you believe. Uh, and and um, uh, that's why, you know, a lot of um, if you ever talk to people from different beliefs, you know, I have high respect for people who who really live what they believe. Like if you're really an atheist, then live like one. You know, if you're really, you know, don't pretend to be something that you're not, you know, and, and, and um, you know, as I talk to my uh, uh, people that you know that, are, that I know that are atheists. They, there's one thing they appreciate or agnostic um, is, is that they appreciate the fact if if we really believe that there's a heaven and a hell, well then say it. Like if you really believe that this life is all you know is all there is for them, well that's how they live. That's why this is a one-stop shop for them. They believe that, so they live. They 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 party hard. They live hard. You know they they work hard and they die hard and that's it for them in their mind. You know, if we truly believe that there's an afterlife, that there's a judgment, that there's rewards, that we will be in heaven with God, then we ought to live that way, right? And so that, that, this is just an important thing for us as we read the Bible that, well, then let's live this out. You know, Christianity is most effective because it's a worldview that makes us rethink values, ethics, behavior patterns. You know, it helps us understand a better way of living. That's what it does. Loving how, to, how you know what's true justice, equity, you know, in treating all people as made in the image of God. It's the Christian story that says that you all are valuable. It's the Christian story that says it doesn't matter where you were born. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you're a male or female. It doesn't matter your social structure, economic structure. What matters is that you're that you're a human being. That's the Christian story. If you look at the Greeks and the Romans, if you look at even further back the Mesopotamians, if you look at history, you look at everybody was not treated equal. And why? Because their view was that there was superior races, there was superior people. And it's the Christian story that comes in and says, "No, we were all created in the image of God." Everybody is equal. There's no such thing as status. That's something that cre that's been created here in this world. You know, people think that because they own something or they do something or they wear something or they have a last name that they have certain status. That is not real. That's a facade. That's that that that's not that's not a real thing. That's something that culture creates and, and it diminishes other people. That's why people get marginalized. And it's the Christian story that says, no, that God of glory came and died for that present, for that poor person, for that, you know, for the, for the lame, the crippled, the blind, for the rich, the noble, for all of them. And so and th that's why it's a radical way of living because it teaches us how to live a life that, that, that it preserves us in holiness. It preserves our ethics, our values. It gives us a substructure. It says, okay, this is what justice looks as equity. It's not what the world is. It's what scripture teaches us. It gives us a solid foundation that we were created in the image of God. You know, and scripture tells us, you know, those who desire life, look, if you want life, you know, look, look, look very carefully. That's why Peter says, he quotes a psalmist, and he says, to those who desire life, to love and see good days, you know, basically not only to live, right? You know, there's people who just live. You know, they breathe oxygen. You know, they move aimlessly in this world without direction. They move as bacteria, neutrons, and proteins. That's what, you know, Darwinism teaches. Darwinism teaches that all you are, all we are is stardust. All we are are neutrons. 
All we are are molecules, bacteria, and uh, all we are are proteins put together and formed something. And, um, and now we rationalize a little bit. And that's, that, that, that's obviously not a good way of living. And, and, and that's obviously shows no value in human life. And that's why people that believe that do certain things to back that up, and which is horrendous. Uh, and, and so we have to be very careful what we believe and how that plays out. Because to say that you were created in the image of God and to look at the scripture when we look at this, it, it, it ought to inflate your way of life. It ought to, 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 to make, uh, to, it ought to give you a better perspective of how we ought to be living our lives. Um, you know, but to experience the fullness of life with love and goodness, this is to know and have God in our lives and to live for his glory. That's why he says, look, if you want life, you know, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking deceit. We're, we're going to stay on that verse because there's a lot in the, in the next verses also. He goes, look, if you want a true life, it doesn't mean you achieve a certain status, do a certain thing, travel somewhere, become somebody. No, watch the way you speak. Like, it always comes down to the practical things. Like, this is where the religious people missed it with Jesus, right? They, you know, they, they just missed it. You know, they, they, that's what Jesus said. Do as they say, but not as they do, right? He goes, because they're hypocrites. Because they teach good things, but they live horrendous lives. You know, they, they say beautiful things in the pulpit. But when you look at their lives, you're like, oh, my God, they look like demons. So he goes, so don't do as they do. Just do as they say. That is one of the, um, the I mean, th that's just a, a horrifying thing. That our speech doesn't line up with our lifestyle. And that's what I'm saying. Just be what you believe. And, and if we want to live a good life, well, then we must guard our mouth. We must guard the way we speak to one another. we we got to be careful. The power of words, of speech, of conversation, it goes very far and deep. You know, the tongue is no small matter. All right? It, much harm and good can come from the tongue. Much harm. We know this. We know through... Through um, we, we know this by uh, by studies, by what we've seen in culture and uh, in, in society. Verbal abuse is just as bad as physical abuse. We know this. We know that when people are verbally abused, it, it, it crushes them internally because it's the power of the tongue. It's the power of words. You know, when we when we give affirmation, we give blessing. It's powerful. You know, when we but when we speak evil, when we use the tongue for evil, it's her, it's it's devastating. You know, we must learn daily to master this small piece, you know, or it will destroy us. And it can destroy people around us if we're not careful. That's why Peter says, guys, we got to get along. We got to get along. However, you need to guard the way you speak. We need to guard it. Not, you know, it's not just doing the right things, but it's also watch how you use your tongue. You know, if sometimes it's better not to say anything, guard your tongue. You know, just seal it. Walk away. You know, don't put yourself in a position where you can damage somebody. You know, because as the tongue is defiled, the whole man is defiled. The whole woman is defiled. If you notice when somebody is, is, speaks horribly, it makes them look, I mean, it just makes them look bad. Right, we look at people who just have no manners, who have no, you know, no prudency, who who are just, you know, they 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 just don't care. You know, they may they may think that that's very um, whatever they think. But, but when we look at it, it, just makes the person not look so good because as as we speak, you know, people look at that and they say, man, this person is just, you know, disrespectful or whatever the case may be. You know, as the tongue is unstable, so the whole person is unstable. And you'll see that. It follows. When you see somebody who's unstable in life, they're usually uh, bad-mouth people, slander. They usually are negative, bitter, always pessimist, uh, uh, unhappy. And they verbalize it and because it makes them feel better. 
you know, putting other people down. And that's what Peter says, guys, look, if we're going to do this the right way, we got to speak right. we got to watch our tongue, you know, from speaking evil. And again, he doesn't say just bad. No, he goes, we, we, from, uh, he says, uh, must keep his tongue from evil, right? That's what it is. It's evil. we got to call it what it is. When we use the tongue in the wrong way, it's evil. And his lips from speaking deceit. In other words, don't allow your lips to project lies. Just don't say anything. You know, it just if you don't want to speak, then don't speak. But it's better not to say anything than to be speaking lies. And that's why when people, you know, uh, even when we speak of, of something, sometimes we say too much and we lie. Like, and uh, whether, whether it's an exaggeration, uh, whatever it is, we got to just guard it. You know, the scripture teaches how can a man, uh, 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 how a man can either use his tongue for good or for evil. And it's through the Spirit's help in reality for us that we can have self-control and learn how and when to speak. The, 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 the Spirit of God is not a spirit of fear, right? It's a spirit of power, of self-control, of love, right? It, 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 he, he helps us to understand that, okay, you matter. So I shouldn't direct myself in certain ways to you. Like, we, we, we should be careful because there's no superiority here. There's no elitism. There's no, there's no status. We're all the same. And, and it's, it's through God's word and understanding, you know, that it helps us have prudency, wisdom, blessings. You know, all that must be learned. You know, we, we need to, we, that's what we teach kids, what is good and what is bad. Because the kids are born knowing inherently what is wrong. They do what is wrong naturally. If you notice, you know, and we teach them, no, that's bad, that's good. That's bad, that's good. If you touch that, you're going to get burned, right? You know, and so we teach these things. That's why education is important, and not just in the sphere of life, but also scripturally say, this is why we do things, because that person matters just as much as you matter, and so forth. You know, and... The Bible tells us, how can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to his word. Like, how can I stay pure at this? How, how can I watch myself? Well, stay to the word. Let the word correct you. Not, not a person. Go to God. Say, God, okay, I, that was wrong. You know, help me, Lord. That was out of line. You know, uh, the psalmist, um, he says, oh, Lord, in Psalm 15, 1 to 3, oh, Lord, who may abide in your tent? Who may dwell in your holy hill? He who walks with integrity and works righteousness and speaks truth in his heart. He does not slander with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor takes up a reproach against his friend. Again, so the psalmist poses this question, you know, how does one have communion with God? That's a good question. It's kind of like when I, uh, a few weeks ago, I, I talked about uh, the Samaritan. And, uh, and uh, the lawyer asked Jesus, he tests Jesus, he goes, you know, what do I got to do to inherit eternal life? All right, all right, Mr. Teacher, right? You know, what do I got to do? And he goes, you know the law, what does it say? You know, in other words, and and and, he, and then he gives the story of the, of, of, of the Samaritan, right? Of somebody was beat up. The priest walks by and walks around, and says, "Oh no, I'm not touching that guy." And then the Levite comes back, and says, "Oh, I'm not touching that guy." And then he talks. There's a Samaritan, right? The hero of the story, the the the, the lowest of the lowest, how he helps the person that was injured, and 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 so. Jesus teaches me here, it's not so much of what we know how we're going to get into heaven, but it's how we live our lives with what we know, right? It's not so much about acquiring a certain knowledge that we're like, oh, now I get it. No, 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 no. It's, it's living out this Christian story that God cares about right here also. Who may abide in your holy hill? Who may abide in your tent? In other words, who can have communion with you? Right. He doesn't he doesn't go to knowledge. He goes to lifestyle and he says he who walks with integrity. He who, he who works righteousness, in other words, the way you live your life, he who speaks truth, 
right? And he, he who does not slander with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor. Okay, God cares about the way we treat one another. That's why it's a community of faith. He cares about that. In order to have communion with God, it comes down to the smallest areas of life. Living in such a way that we are channels of blessing and not self-centered, aimless people. And in context, this is why Peter's talking, because they were being persecuted. They were being harmed. They were being mistreated. They were being marginalized. And Peter said, look, the way we respond is not by doing the same thing. It is by doing what is good. It is by doing something different. And then that, that's, that's very powerful that when, how do we respond to evil? By doing what is good, by doing what is right, by doing what pleases the Lord Jesus Christ. In Proverbs 18.21 the writer says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. I mean, think of how powerful that is. Like, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And those who love it will eat its fruit. So what we sow, we shall reap. You know, it, it, how we speak is what's coming our way. You know, there is much to think about in those words and in the use of the tongue. You know, when we evaluate, think of this, when you evaluate your problems, your miseries, your worries, uh, all the drama you have, you know, how much of that is a product or a fruit of your own misuse of your tongue? Think of it. Like, when we look at our own lives of, of the, the miseries, the problems, the drama, how much of that is because of the misuse? You're going to notice that yeah, a lot of it is. And we can't blame Satan. That was us. We can't blame somebody else. That's what we do. We can't blame the world. It's us. And this is where being a mature Christian comes in and says, okay, it's just a lack of self-control. It's a lack of self-control that I spoke out of line. I promised something out of line. I, I, um, I oversold myself out of line. You know, that's why the Bible says he who guards and watches over and is aware of his mouth and his tongue, you know, guards his soul from troubles. Like if you want a clear soul, if you want a, 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 a if you just want to be clean, just be careful how you speak. You know, be careful. That's why it's better not to say anything. It's better. I'll, it's easier said than done. Believe me. I know it's not easy. But that's the, that's why he says, keep your tongue from evil. Walk away. Do something. You know, sing a song. I don't know. Start praying. Get in prayer mode. You know, um, James says it this way. All right? I love this. James chapter 3, verses 5 through 8. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to capture on this, on the tongue. James tells the church this. So also the tongue is a small part of the body, and yet it boasts of great things. See uh, how great a forest is set aflame by such a, a small fire. And the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of life and is set on fire by hell for every species of beasts and birds and reptiles and creatures of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by human race but no one can tame the tongue it is a restless evil and full of deadly poison wow i mean there is no better picture or words that exist to describe the reality of the tongue no better words. This is as real as it gets. He goes, just like you light a match, you know, or nowadays, you know, people toss a cigarette out in the desert. What happens? Boom. Forest fire, right? We got massive fires because of people flicking cigarettes out there or whatever they're doing. And, and what, what happens is this. He, James says, look, just like you can set a forest aflame with a small match, you can light your life aflame with just your little tongue. Like, it's, it's that serious. He goes, he goes, it's the very world of iniquity. Think of that. 
The tongue is the very world of iniquity. All these lies, all this slander, backstabbing, deceit, gossip, everything has to go through the tongue. Like if we didn't use it, it wouldn't happen. You know, it, and it sets the course of life. Like this is what sets your course, how you speak. You know, that's why ethics are important. You know, how we live our lives, how we address people. You know, and, and, and then he uses the picture of, of, of the beast, right? He says, look, every animal can be tamed. Eventually, you, you, can you can control these animals, but nobody can control the tongue. And this is why we need God, all right? This is why. You want to know why you need God? Because of that. Because we need something greater than ourselves. We don't just need a good story, a motivational speech, you know, once a year from uh, these great teachers that have great words. We need help. You know, we, we are broken. You know, we, 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 need, we need something greater than what exists in this world to help us control this tongue. Because this is what's wrong with human beings, right? There, there, there is something wrong within us, and it's called sin. You know, evil is present within us. It's like, that's why he says poison. You know, it's a restless evil, a deadly poison, right? That's what it is. Like, we got to use our tongue for what is good. You know, it, it, and, uh, you know, it, and it's... It lurks within us. It's, it's stuck to us. Like, what are we going to do, right? And so we need self-control. And this is why we need Christ. We need him. You know, we need him. It's the Christian story, follow me, and narrative, okay? When we look at the Bible, this is the beautiful thing of the Christian story. It shows what is inherently wrong with the human race, right? It's not just a pretty picture. No, it shows the fall of man. It says, look, sin is in the world. We're all jacked up. We're all messed up. Everybody is. I know. I've said this many times, and I'll say it again. People portray lives that are not true on social media. It's not true. Not everything is perfect. Not everybody really looks like that. Believe me. I know. Not everybody, you know, it's all appearance, a lot of it, because it, it, whatever the case it may self, it, it raises self-esteem, whatever it is. I don't really care. The point is this, that life is not really what social media depicts, what people think it is. Not, life is difficult. There's suffering. There's pain. There's troubles, there's hurt, you know, there's obviously there's joys, there's, there's great things. And the tongue is a big part of that, you know, how we speak to one another. Look how people slander one another. Look how people speak of one another. It's just proven daily, you know, no self-control. And it's the Christian story, it's this story that says, look, there's something wrong with all of us. That's why we need God. It's not if we want, you know, just another helper. No, 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 we need God. Like, we need somebody to save us from ourselves. You know, we need it. Uh, you know, it shows, the Bible shows the symptoms, the Bible shows the core issue, and the Bible shows the solution and the path to follow. So the Bible says, look, watch out. If you're treating people like this, there's probably something wrong with you. The Bible says, look, you know, when there's hate, when there's slander, when there's gossip, right? When we look at, uh, uh, when we look at um, immoralities, when we look at the, 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 the um, uh, all, all this, just the, the reality of the flesh, when we look at that, the Bible is clear. It says, look, man, this is real. Like, you know, when, when, when these things are coming out of the heart, you know, the, 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 the mouth speaks what's, what's, what's within the heart. Like, I mean, if you're saying all these things, that's because there's, there's corrosion in your heart. And we need to clean it out. That's the core issue. You know, it's not just putting a Band-Aid on a womb. No, we need to heal this. You know, it, that's what I'm saying. It's more than just getting good advice. It's more than feeling good vibes. No, 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 we need help. And that's we need Jesus Christ. And he gives us a solution and the path to follow. This is the path to follow. Watch your mouth. Watch it. Be careful. You know, our tongue will, you know, will lead us through a blessed path or a path of troubles. 
That's what's going to happen in life. Every day, how we direct us, how we speak, it's going to be blessings or it's going to be cursings. You know, learning to tame the tongue can save us from many sins, a whole lot of sins. You know, uh, I mean, think of how many things we say that we, we could have, we regretted because we just blurted out. And so it, 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 can, it can save us many troubles. The problem is something that we all have, and religion doesn't fix it. You know, uh, uh, it doesn't fix it. It's God. It's Christ. It's not just practicing things. No, it's, it's, it's being in communion with God. You know, the, the, the question is, how will we deal with it, right? That's the question. How, how are we going to deal with it? Either we choose Christ or we don't, and we just try to figure things out on our own until we figure out that it's not going to work. You know, and so th this is why we need the scriptures. We need God. That's why Peter points to them. You know, the, the, the way of taming, you know, and bringing in, into submission this restless tongue of evil, you know, one of the ways is to be aware of it, right? We got to be aware of our problem, you know, and act upon that awareness and guard ourselves. Simple. We need to be aware, okay, that the tongue can be misused. And we're like, well, that's obvious, right? But we need to be constantly aware of that. You know, not just right now, you know, where it's easy. I mean, tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon, when somebody ticks us off, when we, when we, I mean, when we're pressed, when there's problems, you know, we got to guard the tongue. The psalmist uh, in Psalm 39.1, he said, I, I said, I will guard my ways that I may not sin with my tongue. I will guard my mouth as with the muzzle while the wicked are in my presence. L look at the response that he puts upon himself. He says, I said, I will guard my ways. In other words, I'm going to do, I'm, I, this is self-awareness, self-control. Like there's something, I need to do this. Like I have God, God gives me the strength, but I actually need to put my part. He goes, I will guard my ways, that I may not sin, that I will guard my ways, right? Uh, with, with the muzzle, right? You guys know what a muzzle is, right? When you look at an animal, when they muzzle him, you know, it's what, it, he can't, he, he can't use his mouth. He can't take, he can't bite. He can't, he can't hurt anybody. Well, he goes, that's how serious it is. And he goes, when I'm in the presence, you know, when, while the wicked are in my presence. In other words, I'm going to shut my mouth when people are slandering. Like, I'm not going to participate. And I'm not, you know. And I know to the world, that's like weird. That's like, why not? You know, and, and that, that's the whole thing. That Christ teaches us there's a better way. We need to be resolved to do good. Determined to do good. That's what we read there. Self-control. In other words, personal responsibility. Like, don't blame anybody. You know, to be on guard is to be vigilant, to be awake, not sleeping. The minute we bring our guard down, you know, and we allow the flesh to roam free, hurt and chaos soon follows. As soon as we're like, well, it doesn't really matter. You know, I'll just partake in this. Well, hurt and chaos is going to come, you know, and the consequences follow. This is why the scriptures are explicit on this subject, right? Part of Christianity is to live in harmony, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, humble in spirit. And with a loose, untamed tongue, it's not going to be possible in a consistent manner. It'll be possible. You could probably get away with a few, with, the, with you know, doing, doing good and, and on your own for a bit. But eventually, you're going to lose it. You're going to say, you're not going to have a grounding why you treat that person better. You're not, you, 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 don't, you know, loving your enemy is not something people just learn in culture. You know, that's not, you know, doing good to those who persecute you is not something you just learn in biology. No, it's the scriptures that teaches these ways to live in a consistent way. You know, somebody wrote this, you know, as I close out. They said, nations have risen and nations have fallen to the tongue. Lives have been elevated and lives have been cast down by the tongue. Goodness has flowed like a sweet river from the tongue, but so has the cesspool. The tiny tongue is a mighty force in human life indeed. 
powerful. Nations have risen, nations have fallen by the tongue. Lives have been elevated, lives have been cast down by the tongue. Beautiful words have been spoken, but also horrible things have been spoken by the tongue. Powerful. You know, think of people who have, who have, who have, who have a voice in society. There's people who have a voice. They're, they're just very known people. And I'm not just talking about celebrities. I'm talking about people who have done great things, Nobel Prize winners, and people, people have a voice in society. Generations who have been transformed by their lives. Right? Think of this. Some people have been voices of evil. Some people have been voices of good. You know, the tongue played a huge role. This small piece of, of the human body is fire. It's power. Words are powerful. Look at social media. Words are powerful. Look at the lives around us. Words are so powerful. Like if you tell a child something from, from early on in his life or her life, I mean, that stays in their heart. Like words are that powerful. Like when you tell somebody something, that person may never, ever forget that word. Like whether it's good or bad. That's why people, there's resentment, there's bitterness, there's anger because of words that have been spoken. And forgiveness is so hard for people because of the words that were spoken. That's what I'm saying. It's fire. It's power. Like, so let us use it for good. You know, the course of life is directly affected by the tongue. You know, it'll make you or it'll break you. You know, it'll bless you or it'll curse you. To those who desire true life, Peter says, you know, to love and see good days, not just live. If you want a good life, you want to see good days, you want to experience the fullness of life, watch the way you speak. Simple. You know, you, you want to experience a better life, guard your tongue from evil, your lips from speaking deceit. You know, may the God, you know, Scripture teaches us, may the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of wonders, the God who did miracles, that's the God we go to. May he, the God who made himself known through Christ. May he help us every day because we need it. We desperately need his help to do this. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we uh, come before you, Lord. We thank you, God, for the word. We thank you for your word, for your presence, um, for the reminder that, at, that every day, Lord, we need you. As we look at scripture and we, we read the psalm, we read Peter as he quotes the psalmist, you know, to whoever desires a good life. We desire, God, we, we, we really want this, Lord. And you say, well, Guard the way you use your tongue, your lips from speaking to see. I pray that you give us strength, God. I pray that you, that, you, that you give us the strength that we need every single day to do what is right, to speak what is right. Lord, to live in such a way that glorifies you, that, that, that makes you known by the way we speak. I pray that you forgive us for the misuse of our tongue, that you forgive our sins, and you teach us day to day the power of the tongue. And I pray that we will take responsibility upon ourselves for everything that we've said and done, Lord. And I pray that you teach us and guard us to live a better life. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.